Welcome back, everyone, to the Our Outdoors portion of your weekend, your Deer Firearms Opener Weekend. I am your host, Nick Simonson, outdoors writer with my materials online at NewsDakota.com and DakotaEdge.com. Day two of the 16-and-a-half-day season is upon us. It is midday Saturday. Maybe you've already put your tag on an antler or an ear and are bringing that deer back in for some processing. And, hey, you might have some sausage or steaks or something ready to go tomorrow i probably not sausage that might take you a little bit of time but definitely get those uh, back straps out and get those tenderloins taken care of and get them on the grill for a great second day feast i know a lot of folks out there of course we had more tags again this year here in north dakota so a lot of folks able to get out and chase some of those deer down uh, we had do have that ehd issue out west but for the most part that is not affecting the eastern portion of the state so those folks chasing white tails you know throughout the eastern half or third have nothing to be concerned about and population should still be pretty good so if you haven't tagged out now you've got about 15 days left so keep that in mind obviously a lot of fun to be had be safe out there wearing that blaze orange one on your head one on your chest and anywhere else you can get it more is always better when it comes to safety and deer hunting. So keep those tips in mind. We're going to talk more about some of the fun experiences this time of year, some of the tips, some of the tactics, some of the things that I've seen and hopefully you have as well when it comes to hunting public land, when it comes to calling those deer, when it comes to exploring the intricacies of the rut. There are a lot of clues out there that can help you adapt to the situation and get some of those less wary bucks into range when it comes down to it during the rut. We're going to talk more about that after the break to get you ready for the rest of the deer firearm season. So I hope you'll stay tuned and we will get rolling into some awesome hunting chat right after this quick break. Welcome back everyone to the Our Outdoors program. Thank you so much for rejoining us after that quick break. We're talking deer hunting. Obviously the season for firearms is underway. It is Saturday so we're right in the beginning of it hopefully you are finding some great opportunities maybe you have your own little parcel you hunt or a piece of land that you're connected to through friends and family there's a lot of great chances out there and you know you can make those connections now for the future reach out to those landowners meet them introduce yourself and then make plans in the future to help out on their land or to set up a stand or help them get into deer hunting whatever it might be there are those opportunities to make those hunter landowner connections and there are a lot of great public opportunities out there as well and one of the opportunities afforded by public land are some great still hunting opportunities i've become a still hunter throughout my time as a deer hunter i I pushed a lot in my first two or three seasons and just you know really couldn't keep up with that frenetic pace found uh, a mentor who showed me how to still hunt how to pick a spot that allows you a view of a valley or a set of trails or an area where there is high deer traffic and still hunting gives you a chance not only to see how deer move and how they react to the conditions and those things that make them go back and forth from where they bed and where they eat but also how they move during the rut as well so it's a great chance not only to see that but also to take in the world as well november is definitely an interesting time on the northern plains as you see the migration of waterfowl and you see the shifting of animal behavior towards their winter uh, abodes and their winter activities obviously they're stocking up and trying to get as much as they can and you see a lot of those uh, last chance animals like robins grouping up and getting ready to take off for the winter so still hunting provides you that opportunity to take the world in and see how weather conditions and landscape 
influence the way deer move. And of course, you're right in the heart of the rut as we get into November. So as these next two weeks move along and you're out there still hunting, you have a great opportunity to stare down those deer, see exactly how they react, and you know hear the way they communicate. You get a lot of chances to hear uh, those low, soft bleats of those does, which gives you an idea, if you want to start calling to deer, how those deer talk to each other, whether it's a doe to her fawns or a buck to a doe uh, courting her, Still hunting gives you insight into those behaviors. And a lot of those public lands, as we talked about, give you a great chance to do that, whether it's plots or a WMA or a WPA or other open acres. Having those public options gives you a chance to get out, regardless of whether you own land or not, whether you're traveling away from home to hunt your deer or are sticking close by. Sitting on public land is a great chance to experience those opportunities. And public lands also provide, you know, a lot of folks say, hey, there's too many people trying to access too few public acres. And that might be true. There may be a lot of demand for those public lands in your area. But one of the benefits of utilizing public land is, particularly in a still hunting situation, people will be moving around you. And when people are moving around you, they're moving deer to you. So don't think that because on a large WMA or a large piece of plots, you sat down and you see that there's someone on the far side hill. Don't think that that's going to be a negative for your hunt. Consider that a possible positive. As those people move around, they're bumping deer from valleys, from draws, from stands of brush or stands of trees. They are moving those deer around for you. And the same goes for adjacent private land. There will be parties moving through those areas Areas, walking those areas, bumping those deer, and moving them to public spots. So think of it as having a chance to do that still hunt while people push the deer around for you and ultimately to you, giving you a chance to size one up in your scope and maybe take that shot. So public land gives you a chance to experience what we talked about, that still hunting, the great opportunity to find deer, and it allows you to utilize the motions of others around you and the natural travel corridors of deer, particularly morning and evening, to see more animals and to have a better shot of putting your tags on one of those antlers. So keep that, those two in mind. It's a, it's a great dichotomy. It's what I live by. I use a lot of plots. I use a lot of WMAs. I just sit there and watch, and I watch not only the deer, but the people moving around me, and I listen for those cues. Obviously, if they're shooting nearby, or there's, you can hear people moving nearby, you know exactly where they're at and where those deer might be coming from. Additionally, those public lands give you a place, a, a stadium, or, or a place where you can practice your calls to deer. And particularly this time of the year, during the rut, is when bucks are most receptive to those calls, especially when you're using a grunt call or a doe bleat or mixing those two together. Getting that sound out there when you see a buck at a distance or you know that he's in the area gives you a chance to figure out, like we said, when you're sitting there listening and watching the behavior of these deer to put that into play, to take your ideas and your hypothesis and put it out there and say, what is the best way that I can try to communicate with these deer? Now, 50 years ago, no one grunted at deer. No one even knew that deer really talked to each other or made those kind of noises until folks started reporting, hey, uh, more time in the stand, I'm hearing more activity, and I'm also hearing these deer make noises. And from there, you know, a multi-million dollar industry, hundreds of millions of dollars go into creating these grunt calls, creating these bleats, rattling antlers, all sorts of tools to help mimic the behavior of deer and to bring those deer in for a closer look. Last year I had a really great experience. There was a really hot buck. He was chasing through this herd of does and he was 
going to every single one of them and you could hear him making his noises you could hear him courting these different does and of course a lot of them weren't ready at that particular time so they would scamper off they would run but every time he would visit a doe I would blast a grunt out I wouldn't blast it but I would make it a you know medium or subtle not quite as loud as it needed to be it certainly wasn't a New Year's Eve party favor but I would grunt and every time I he I would grunt at him he would turn and he would look at me and I think that grunt helped bring him down towards where I was sitting and so he started at about 600 yards on the far side of the field I was hunting and then slowly worked his way through those herd of does and then as he did I would grunt at him and that would help close that gap and ultimately he came into about 220 yards and set up a nice broadside shot and after he had chased off the last doe and fawn that he was inspecting I gave one final grunt and I shot and he fell about 10 yards from that spot so there the grunt helped cement his behavior. It helped bring him a little bit closer, helped keep him interested in number one, courting these does, but number two, courting them so he could keep them away from whatever deer he thought was down in the valley where I was sitting. So it was a very neat experience. It was one of my most successful grunting scenarios. I, of course, had many other ones. I once grunted in this massive white-tailed deer in my early years of bow hunting, and I was shaking so hard when he came in, I completely shot over him. But in those situations, I have seen that grunting at deer, particularly those bucks in this phase in November early November into late November is what's going to bring them in because they're very very competitive and they're looking to drive out those other bucks so experiment with it don't be afraid to give it a try um, you can call blind I prefer to call to bucks that I see out in the field to help bring them in and I prefer to do it now from that October 31st on to Thanksgiving when I'm out there whether it's for gun or for bow in that situation I like to get a grunt call out I like to try and seal the deal with my voice. It's an interactive way of being in the deer hunt. So keep that in mind, particularly when you are out there still hunting, watching the deer move around, and utilizing that forum of public land to catch the ear of those deer. I hope you have a safe, successful, and enjoyable weekend, and I hope that you're taking kids out there for their first hunt. If you do, I'm sure I'll see you in our outdoors.